Hello and welcome to This Sacred Life. I'm Shan Vanderleek, Transformation Goddess and founder of TransformationGoddess.com. I love guiding women through an intimate exploration of self-study, compassionate self-care, and sacred feminine ritual. I also love to share transformational conversations with women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of reclaiming their feminine sovereignty. Women all over the world are rising up to have their voices heard, and I invite you to join us in the conversation. And if you like what you hear, please share some stars and a favorable review for This Sacred Life. Today, it's my honor to introduce you to Sarah Weiss. Sarah is a medical intuitive and spiritual teacher in private practice in Northeast Ohio. Her purpose in life is to empower others to awaken their own healing abilities through transmissions that catalyze transformation of consciousness on a very deep level. She developed a distant learning program called the Enlightened Empath to guide empaths in navigating their journey toward enlightenment and learning to manage empathic sensitivities. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to This Sacred Life. Hello, Shan. It's so nice to be with you and your juicy, beautiful energy. Oh, thank you so much. Before every interview, I always get still and choose a goddess card before the conversation. And today, as is always the case, the card that came through just made me giggle because it was so perfect for our conversation today. It's called Inner Trust. And it is from the Sacred Rebels guidebook, card number two. And the message is, though it may be cloaked and hidden, within you lies natural magnificence, vibrancy, and true uniqueness. The harder this is for you to believe, the more growth this oracle is offering for you. Your opportunity for growth lies in letting go of the need to hide yourself from the world and to let go of any doubt about the wonder of what lies within you. This oracle brings you the message that it is time for you to trust yourself and let the real inner you out from behind the veil. Mm. Why do you think that card came up for our conversation today? (laughs) We both needed to hear that. And boy, did you open up a portal with that. I mean, the energy really started coming through to activate that in us and everyone who's listening today. Wow. Big stuff. It was just, and, and it was one of those times where the card didn't jump out of the deck. It just kind of fell on the floor. Here I am. Hello. Okay. Oh my God. Trusting yourself. Oh, I mean, how many years have we been told not to and directed and programmed not to trust ourselves and then to have to turn around and figure out how to do that in a time where the feminine is just rising again and we're all pioneers one by one, reclaiming this within Mm. ourselves. Mm. Yes, we are. That was a beautiful way to begin and to remember the importance of and the ability to learn how to trust ourselves. It is a process because we have to move through, you know, removing all that conditioning and to figure out what part of us to trust Mm -hmm. even is is a process you know you have to trust the first thing that you hear then you test that out and 
then trust the next layer that comes up. It's kind of an ongoing digging in and diving into yourself that only you can claim. I am uh, I'm in this space with you right now energetically where I have that, you know, Buddha grin mm. and just feeling like this warm connection of yes, yes, yes. You say that all empaths are scouts who have volunteered to forge the path for humanity's evolution. I would love, love, love for you to talk more about this. I, I really believe that. I really believe that empaths and people who are, I call them highly perceptual instead of highly sensitive. Oh, I love that. Because what's happened is empaths are extremely highly perceptual. You know, we are picking up information from every direction, from every dimension. And really, empaths are highly telepathic and highly super perceptual on multi-levels. The problem is we haven't been taught or recognized since a young age to develop that perceptual ability. And so what happens is we only end up on the receiving end and are not taught how to have boundaries and engage and be supported in engaging what we're perceiving. So we get, we have the programs in us to be able to do this, but when they're not developed from a young age, we just kind of are this open, highly uh, receptive being, and then we're overwhelmed and we can't disentangle from everything that's happening. But I really believe that empaths arrive here and approximately, you know, 12 to 20% of the people on the planet are empaths. We arrive here to develop and pave the way for the multidimensional, subtle type of communication that goes along with the quantum world that's developing here. We're paving the path right now. And it's sometimes I describe it as like taking a teaspoon and trying to dig through a cave through a mountain. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work sometimes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I think that if someone sees themselves as highly perceptual instead of highly sensitive, it automatically shifts where your power is. I think so. I, I can tell you that over many, many years, I would hear, you're so sensitive. Like right. it was, you know, like it was a, a judgment, thing. a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I know that, uh, you know, here, and I've also heard people say that um, to my mama, who is probably also uh, empathic, but doesn't know it and has no interest in developing it, but certainly can be overwhelmed by that. I, I think about how open I was for how for so long, Sarah, before realizing that I needed to zip myself up and mm. and really not from a place of fear, but from a place of self-care. Like, okay, zip it up. You're going into, you know, this big box store or you're going into a space where there's all kinds of people and all kinds of energy that and and you need to I, I was wide open. Right. Wide open. And it was kicking my ass. But I didn't know it at the time. I know. <laughs> yeah, because so, no one talked about it. No. Everyone dismissed it. You had to hide it. You had to bury it. You had to 
create a false personality, right. you know, to, to move through the world. And so let's talk about, let's talk about how can you tell if you're an empath? Cause I know many of our listeners probably are and might not have a clue. And then there are others who will say, yes, 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 I am. How can I better manage my life? Or, you know, how can I better navigate through the challenges that come with being an empath? Well, it's really interesting because there's a lot of qualities, you know, there, there, I could have a list of 20 qualities and each empath could identify with maybe five or six of them. You don't have to have all 20 qualities. Some people remember being impacted at a very young age by the feelings of the adults around them. Uh, that's a really big clue uh, that you, that feelings were magnified for you as a child and your friends, uh, you felt their pain, even as a young child. I can remember being three years old and one of the little boys in our neighborhood shot a cap gun into my girlfriend's ear. And I swear I felt her pain more than she felt her pain. And empaths feel other people more than they feel themselves in a way. And so that's one identifying factor. And that's what separates you from an HSP or a highly sensitive person and an empath. The highly sensitive person is sensitive to all the surroundings and the environment and other people. The empath is so sensitive and so mirror-like that they take on the other person as themselves. Or when you go out to nature, you know, every empath will tell you they feel great in nature. It's because they become the trees, they become the earth, they become the sun, they become the water, and then they feel good. And so it's how you take it into your being that determines if you're an empath. That's the difference. And then what happens is, and this might be common to many of the people listening here, it feels like from when you move from situation to situation, your personality changes to match the situation. And then you start wondering, you know, if I'm this fluid, where am I in this mix? Yeah, if I keep million. changing, right. And so that is one of the indications too. And then there's all kinds of other interesting things that happen. Your physical body can really be affected by other people's emotions, thoughts, and their physical issues. Many of the people that I, I see privately in my sessions call me up as a medical intuitive and say, you know, my back's been killing me. I, I didn't hurt it. I don't know what happened. And no one can find anything on the MRIs, x-rays, and CAT scans, and they think I'm crazy. And then we start exploring what, is, what are your close friends feeling, what are your children, husband, parents feeling, people around you at work. And someone might be going through something big emotionally around you, and it can show up as a pain in your back. Mm -hmm. Or someone could have hurt their knee, and you feel it as depression. It's a crazy, crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what's so beautiful about the, the craziness is that there are people like you who can help us in, 
untangle that. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes me think of a little over a year ago, my daughter was having gallbladder attacks. And we went to the emergency room the first time. And of course, they did all these tests. They never even considered that it might be her gallbladder because she was so young. And, and then we got, she was fine for many months. And then, and then not through the process, I was having the same pains and thinking, oh my goodness, are there going to be two of us, you know, <laughs> and the, you know what, what's going on and have noticed that. And I, I frankly needed to do some cord cutting with her anyway beyond the the pain that she was feeling in her body beyond that mirroring just needing to do so as as her mom and and releasing some of the cords that i had you come by very naturally with your children but in this case it was so very clear that oh my goodness okay how do i separate and understand that this isn't mine to carry ah that's a hard one especially with the people closest to you, your children that's the hardest thing because the natural instinct of the mother is to carry everything for the child. And then if mm -hmm. you're an empathic mother, oh my God. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but what I found out and what I discovered with my own children is that I'm actually not doing them a service by being overly involved with them energetically and emotionally. And what happened was when one of my daughters was 16, she was driving up to the University of Michigan to go see the college there from Cleveland. And she was supposed to go with a friend and the friend got sick. And um, we had arranged for a family friend to be her host and she insisted on going. And of course, a blizzard came up and I packed up the car, sent her with the, a phone. This was before everyone had a phone. And... I said, please call me every half hour. So she called me first half hour. She said, I'm fine. I'm driving well. You know, the snow's fine. I said, great. Keep going. Called the second half hour. She goes, mom, your worrying about me is making me worry about myself. Yes. And my own confidence about driving. Please stop. And that was 20 years ago. And she taught me right there the negative impact of worry and being over-involved. I needed to hear that. That's exactly what I needed to hear today. Ah, uh, I, can't I even mean, imagine how many more listening, how many mamas listening needed to hear that today. And I learned right then that the only thing I send to my kids is, "You can do this. You're loved. You're beautiful. You're strong." You can get through this, whatever it this. is. Yep. Yes, yes. So she taught me right off the bat there. Boom. And then same thing happened with my husband. My energy's all over the place unless I'm managing it. And one day he was being particularly crazy. And I said to myself, oh, I got to get out of this craziness. And I pulled my energy back. And he looked at me and goes, what did you do? <laughs> I said, well, you know, I didn't want to be involved in all that crazy stuff that was going on in your head. So I pulled my energy back and regrounded. He said, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> wow. And so just from the people closest to me and experimenting with my energy being told, given feedback, 
Yes. Feedback is so important for an empath. It really is. On so many levels. I mean, feedback that what you're actually perceiving and sensing from another person is actually true and real. Right. You need that feedback. You need the feedback of what it feels like when you're over-involved with someone and what that feels to it like to another person. You need, empaths need a lot of feedback and it's very difficult to get because people are not usually honest. No. You know, you might be sensing how sad someone is and they've got a happy face on and there's no way to corroborate what you're sensing unless and, they're going to yeah, be honest often, with you. Yeah, and often they feel violated by your by your knowing. Right. Or sometimes they don't even know yet what you know. Right, exactly. And, and it's so, not even yours to know. And it isn't. And it's like <laughs> um it's one of the, one of my greatest friends on the planet who is highly empathic and one of my greatest teachers reminds me often, you know, mind your own business. Right. Mind your own business. You yeah, might go. think that, you know, ABC is important or that you want to be involved or whatever. And, and it's just so interesting how this can flow right along with codependence and all these yeah. other pieces where it's like, wait, wait, mind your own business. Back up. And that's true. And learning how, I think learning how to manage your energy is important for an empath because most empaths are very energetically sensitive. We're communicating in the, in the quantum field. It's instant communication. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, that kind of communication that you're not in, even intending to know about. But in the quantum field, there's no space or time. And that's why I believe that empaths are a preview of the future humanity, because I believe we are moving towards a more transparent, telepathic, quantum world where communication is going to be taking on a new look. Mm -hmm. And I read an article the other day that was talking about, it's called, the scientists are now calling it hyper-communication, the communication that's beyond the physical senses. And so it's even taken on a new name in the scientific world. The fact that they've given it a name mm-hmm. means that they've done enough research and acknowledge that this is all going on. Yeah. And so empaths, I believe, I've always felt like empaths are trending right now. And that all... <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And all the scientific uh, confirmation is, co- is going to flood right through this year, last year, right now. It's yeah. all going to come through and confirm everything that empaths are feeling. So the other side of that is that empaths are tuned in through this sensitivity, not being super sensitive, but sensitivity to the oneness, the Mm -hmm. unity consciousness. Mm. And so it doesn't make sense to an empath to have a boundary. If your first and primary experience is unity consciousness, which is so beautiful and so incredibly filled with love and care for another person because you know they are you, why would a boundary make sense? Oh my gosh. Ding, 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 ding. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're killing me. That's so true. 
it doesn't make sense whatsoever. So finding, and I found that there are beautiful natural ways rather than just using your mind to create a false boundary. There are beautiful energetic ways to develop. I see it as like concentric circles of living membranes around our being Mm. that are protective like a cell membrane is. A cell membrane is very intelligent. It knows what to let in and it knows what to put out. And our consciousness has these, these beautiful membranes that are extremely intelligent that we can awaken within our being. And it really is a, a kind of a deep mystical process. It's not a mental process. It's an unfolding of the depth of our heart and our spiritual being. But when we do that, these natural living boundaries awaken, erect themselves. They, they kind of look like you know, geometric patterns in your, in your energy field, and they look like circles with lights around them and living, breathing, pulsing. And when you learn to tune into those and be aware of them, the intelligence of the cosmos and your being come together to make you an extremely powerful, grounded, perceptual being Mm. who knows what's going on. You know when something's coming in that you don't want, you know how to realign yourself. And it's a gentle, soft process rather than a, oh, I got to protect myself process. Let's talk about earth medicine. Walk us through how grounding in earth medicine can support an empath. Okay. Just like the earth has different stratospheres, they're the living membranes of the earth and they're part of the earth consciousness. I find that if we tune into Mother Earth, and this is where my deep feminine uh, love of the mother comes in, I find that we live an illusion in this world where we believe we are not connected to the earth. And the earth is objectified, and it's, it's just like a big linoleum floor to walk on, you know, the way we walk on it. And the real truth of our being is that we are intimately part of the earth and that by living a lie about not being connected sends the message of lying and falseness through our whole being. Mm. And then we develop all kinds of alternative uh, ways of dealing with that lie that turn into really ugly things. When we come back to connecting with the earth and being embodied as the earth is and as the earth mother is, we find that we come into coherence and resonance with the entire cosmos and the entire intelligence of the cosmos. I mean, the the cosmos knows how to keep things going, (laughs) keep things alive. I was 19 years old. I was in art school, went out to a park to uh, do some photography, and I stepped out of my car walked over to the ground, to the earth, to the path, into the woods, and I was stopped short. I was stuck to the ground. I couldn't move. I didn't know what was happening. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice coming out of the earth, and she's talking to me, and she says, 
Just stand there. Feel your feet. Feel how you are rooted in my heart as the trees in front of you are rooted in my heart. And as I did that, my whole being came collected from being spaced out all around me, collected inside of me, opened my heart, flowed right down through my legs into the earth. My roots were palpable. I was deeply connected. I was enveloped in love. And I understood through every cell of my body that I could not live without this ever again. (laughs) I I was so serious about it that I, I had little notes all over the place. Seat and feet, seat and feet, feel your feet, remember your feet, remember the earth, remember the mother. And until I trained my consciousness to go down in a default way Mm -hmm. instead of out and around. And I learned to live consciously with this feeling of being connected to the earth in a very deep way. So it's not just remembering that you're connected to the earth. It's remembering so deeply that you're enveloped in the love in the living intelligence of what's available to us. And how can that not support you? I mean, what a gift to be able to, you know, have that experience that you had at 19 and then to be able to bring that forward with that knowing that you are cradled by the earth, that you are supported. And I want that for everyone. I want everyone to know that they are held that way. Beautiful. What are some of the challenges that empaths face in the, in relationships and in the world and in their jobs? And we talked a little bit about what can, can go on in the family, but, but there are significant challenges, and I know that they can be overcome. Learning helps overcome them. Learning helps overcome them and making... Brave choices is part of it too. Um, you know, when you're, the empath's nervous system is truly a physiological nervous system state. In other words, your nervous system as an empath is always going to be this nervous system. It's not something that'll change, it's part of the evolved human's nervous system. It's where we're moving towards. So first we have to accept that we're not going to change that. We want that. We don't want to shut that down, but we want to learn how to manage it. And we, want, we need to learn how to manage energy because the closest physiological aspect of our body to the energy world is the nervous system. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where the the light and energy comes in to our body is through that nervous system, the connection with the chakras and the spinal column and all the nervous nerve and brain system. And so learning to be very aware of how embodied and owning the multidimensional aspect of your nervous system has a lot to do with being able to manage this. Now, some of the brave decisions that come in 
are okay. So I want to I want to be in this corporate environment. My talent is there. I'm really good at it, and it's too exhausting. And I'm picking up everyone's competitive, negative thoughts. I'm picking up the racing feeling that everyone has. So how am I going to manage that so I don't make a fool out of myself by picking up all of their stuff and then blurting something out stupid in a meeting or a conversation because I've lost my center, right? So then some of the decisions, the wise and brave decisions have to be how much downtime do I really need to take care of myself so that I can be in this environment during the day? And that may mean giving up some other social time afterward and figuring out that I need two hours of downtime instead of 15 minutes to really survive and manage myself. Or do I need to start my own company where Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of the environment that I'm working in? Do I need, like many of the people that you've interviewed, you know, they've left corporate world and they've created these beautiful types of uh, companies and practices that fit them uniquely. I can tell you it saved my life. Right, right. 13 years ago when I left. I'm grateful for the experience right up until that time. I really am. Talk about a school of learning. Yes, yes. But this change of environment and and allowing for more spaciousness and more downtime and some of the things that we talked about before we started recording today, truly, and I'm not being dramatic, truly saved my life. I believe that. So then it's kind of like dropping off the grid. You're not listening and making choices based on the grid that's around you. It's making choices based on what you're good self-care and self-respect is about, your dignity. I mean, one of the most awful things for me about being an empath is I can blurt out things that other people are thinking or feeling, and they're not really me. And then everyone else like goes, how crazy is she that she's saying those things? <laughs> and so, 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 Meanwhile, they're all thinking it, but they're not saying it, right? Right, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I'm a mirror of that with you, for sure. Right, right. And so it's like, this is really important for me to get a handle on this because, you know, I'm just looking a little too foolish out there and my dignity is suffering. I really believe that empaths need to learn energetic management, that they need to learn and develop their subtle perception enough that they can work with their own energy So the yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong practices are really good for that. Mm -hmm. Um, They help you become aware of what's going on energetically with yourself. Any kind of training that tunes you into healing and the energies of the chakras and the meridians and even the tapping uh, modalities that are popular now. Mm -hmm. Anything that starts cluing you in to managing just more than your thoughts and feelings because it's more than that it it has to come from a broader perspective it's got to come from that sense of unity and the aliveness you feel because you don't want to kill that that's part of the evolving human 
consciousness. And oftentimes it's a choice between uh, being sensitive or being protective. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you don't want to have to make a choice. You want all of it. And that takes cultivation and it takes time. But within a year's time, people can do it. I wouldn't say that within a few days, a few weeks. A good year of working with yourself and you can have it all. You can have the depth of your being and the power and strength to know how to walk through the world as a, in what I call enlightened empath. You can do it. And you've created some free offerings for our readers and listeners that can help them on that journey. Would you like to talk about those? I've got a couple noted. One is called 13 Limiting Beliefs of Empaths. And then the other one is a grounding ebook. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about those. Sure. It's really interesting. I think that the first part of an empath's uh, cultivation of their awareness and consciousness has to do with healing all the dismissal and lack of acknowledgement of who Mm -hmm. they are. And there's a lot of pain in that. And so these limiting beliefs that are in this, this ebook kind of highlight all the things that we say to ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm so wrong. I'm so off in this world. I, no one's going to love me because of I'm so such a mess. You know, I mean, it's like all these things that empaths start believing about themselves. Those limiting beliefs are, are highlighted in that ebook. And then also on my uh, website, there's a, a bunch of audio recordings that are available for free that guide you through grounding practices that have full classes that I've led on, on teaching empaths. They're all available for free on the, on the website. You just have to put in your email it's, and your name and, and you're okay. in there for free. And then the grounding ebook takes you into the whole idea of grounding and then you can supplement that with listening to the grounding meditations on the website. And the website so, is spirithealonline.com? Right. And it could be spirithealinstitute.com too. I'll get there. And my name, Sarah Weiss, will get you there too. Okay. So there's a lot of free offerings on there. You are uh, so generous. I, when I was going through your website, I was just like, oh my gosh, there's so much gold here. So, so much support. So just start where you're called. Do yourself uh, the gift of visiting the website because she just has so much to offer. Sarah, I've just enjoyed talking to you so much today. Before we uh, wrap, is there anything that you'd like to leave us with for the days ahead in this, in this very powerful new year? Uh, yes. To me, 2020 looks like a very active year. So if you could imagine that each day, is tuned to a new frequency every single day. Instead of having long cycles, like the year has one kind of frequency or sense to it, where it might have been like that in the past, or maybe each quadrant of the year feels like a certain type of energy. 2020 to me is each day is going to be a new frequency that we have to attune to. 
And it's kind of like surfing or riding the big waves that if you take the time to just ground and tune in and let yourself adjust, it's like a tuning fork Mm -hmm. um, to the earth and the frequencies of the day. I think people will have an easier time moving through this year because there is just going to be so much change going on on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And this way you can anchor into the cosmic frequency of the day, the underlying frequency, rather than the tumultuous changes that are going on minute by minute in the world. So I think I would um, suggest that for this year in terms uh, of yeah, I like grounding. The, uh, I like that. And I, Yesterday, I was listening to Tom Lesher, who also is known as Kaipacha, and he does a a wonderful uh, forecast every week, part of the New Paradigm community. Anyway, mm. he was talking about instead of being the bobber floating on the surface, you 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 need to you need to be anchored deep, deep down, so that you aren't uh, knocked about by all of the changing, by every single day's change but really going within and trusting yourself back to our card at the beginning, that inner trust going deep and and remembering that the deeper you are, the rooted, more rooted you are, uh, the better you're going to feel through this life altering transformation that is happening uh, on the entire planet. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Mm. Well, Sarah, it's been such a pleasure sharing time with you Thank you for sharing your gifts and teaching us more about being an empath, all your free gifts and everything else. I've really enjoyed your company today. I really appreciate you so much. Likewise, I love what you're doing for women around the world and you just showing up as you do sends out a signal to other women to trust yourself and become who you are. Don't hide. That's the message you give out. Don't hide. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. I'm so glad you perceive me that way. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Yes. All right, my love. Here's to uh, an interesting, creative, and loving 2020. Blessings. Thanks for listening to This Sacred Life. If you like what you heard, Please share this podcast with a friend or subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen in. And be sure to visit TransformationGoddess.com to get a free album of guided relaxations for women who do too much.